Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Hey gang, Chad Madden here with the Grow Your Practice podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to do something different. So I'm just coming off of our quarterly uh, partner meeting. So this is for our private practice. Uh, if you know or care to know, uh, right now I have uh, seven partners um, in our private practice. Uh, many of them have become clinical directors or our director of uh, billing, um, et cetera. Anyhow, I uh, wanted to give you a quarterly update of where we're at and also uh, go through some of our wins uh, this past quarter as we're you know, trying to get back to normal here, emerging from the pandemic, and uh, also the the challenges and outlooks that we have, and uh, the the differentiators that I think are going to help us to continue to grow in the marketplace. And the reason that I'm sharing this is because I think there are a lot of lessons learned, and uh, really just want you to know that you know you're probably not alone. You might be thinking that you're alone or your situation's unique, but um, you know there, there's really a lot to learn whether we're just getting started in private practice or we've been at this for 50 years. A quick note before we continue with this episode, if you've enjoyed what you're listening to so far, you're gonna to wanna to make sure that you register for our upcoming Direct-to-Consumer Virtual Summit on July 16th. This is a free event for anyone in private practice PT to come and learn from the industry's leading experts on how they're using direct access marketing to grow their practice. You can get your free ticket by heading over to breakthrough.com forward slash July, 2021. I'll see you then. So um, this is our 18th year. We're coming up on uh, 18 years in business. So yeah, this is our 18th year. Um, Wins from this past quarter. So this would be quarter two of 2021. Uh, Number one, we hit a record in visits, uh, which really proud of our group there. as you might know in our story, uh, last year we opened, in 2020, we opened two, um, two de novo clinics, that, that's new locations, our fifth, uh, sorry, our fourth and fifth location. Um, and we made some investments there. And then literally uh, the, the week that we were opening these clinics, the, uh, the pandemic hit. So really big challenge there. We also opened another clinic this year, April 1st of uh, 2021 here. Anyhow, um, our previous high, all-time high for visits in a quarter was 15,060 across the five or six clinics. And uh, this past quarter, I don't have a final number yet, but I know we're over 18,000. We had uh, 6,000 plus in April, 6,000 plus in May, and then uh, just hit an all-time record here for visits. Um, I'll get the final number to you, but I know it's over 18,000. So um, we ended up having this 20% jump in a quarter over anything that we ever did before. Our group was really happy about that uh, because they worked hard. Um, we also set a record for uh, new patients in a quarter and also um, in, in income as well. And, you know, I'm not, well, for most of us, it, it, you know, if you're listening, depending on when you're listening to this, it wasn't that long ago, but I can remember especially in the early days of the pandemic, April of 2020, thinking, you know, we, we have a reserve, we have a cushion. Um, how long is this going to hold up, you know, before the PPP money hit and all the other 
uh, financial considerations that we had. Um, but it, it's just good to get back to a point where we know we can keep our doors open, continue to grow and expand and help more people um, through physical therapy. So number one is the record visits. The, our second big win is the de novo success. So uh, I, I've talked with a lot of friends, a lot of owners um, with uh, practice with practices. And um, the, the one thing that we, uh, you, well, let me back up here. In 2009, the first time I, I tried to expand, uh, really didn't understand what I was doing. Uh, didn't understand personnel, uh, thought I knew what I was doing there. Did not understand uh, marketing, how I had to level up uh, and opening a second location. Um, didn't understand the financial repercussions. And really what I failed to do there was level up. And so in one year we went from a single site location of 4,000 square feet that was doing about 400 visits a week. And we opened a second location, another 4,000 square feet and also um, expanded that the first location from 4,000 to roughly 8,000 square feet. Now, so we tripled the amount of space that we had. And again, because I was young and naive and uh, definitely not humble um, or as humble as I should have been, uh, we really had trouble expanding, caused uh, some financial stress on the business. Um, so pr pretty tough loss there, but learned a lot of lessons. And then uh, in 2018, when we started opening uh, de novos again, um, we wanted to do it the right way. So we put a lot more planning in. We really made sure we leveled up. Uh, Dan did uh, an, an amazing job. The clinical director and my partner who runs that uh, third office in Dolphin did an amazing job there. We had early success very quickly, um, 107 visits, I think in week seven and first full year in business. I think he had 180, 190 visits in a week had, and still does have four full-time clinicians there. Um, and that is in a very small rural town. So we put a lot of prep in there. Clinic number four, we opened uh, January 27th of 2020. That was with uh, Chris. And um, the, that clinic is, it, it, again, grew very quickly. We have a little over 2,000 square feet there. Chris just hired his fifth full-time clinician and they're up over 200 visits a week, uh, crushing it there. We're actually looking at expanding. Hopefully there's a uh, potentially a, a place next door that we can expand into, um, or we'll have to figure out another way to, to get some space over in that area. Um, the fifth clinic that we opened in Shrewsbury with Matt, uh, that clinic, same thing, uh, 200 visits or so, plus um, they just hit a, a, a record I think they had 52 new patients uh, last month, which they're really excited about because that was a brand new area for us. Uh, we had no physician referrals. It was 45 minutes to an hour away from any other clinic that we had. And uh, Matt had, and the team have done an amazing job there. And uh, Matt also just hired his fifth full-time clinician. And then I alluded to earlier, uh, April with Jan, we opened uh, the sixth clinic in Hershey. And that clinic also uh, hit the ground running there. And I, I, I know Jan wanted to uh, grow more quickly, but they're, uh, I believe they just hit over 100 visits in a week, just hired their third full-time clinician. We had a little snafu with a receptionist uh, resigning the week before, but uh, Jan and the team you know, gritted it out, found a way to uh, make it work. 
and uh, they're doing well also. So the second big win would be the de novo success. Now, um, if, if you're new to the podcast and uh, you haven't attended any of our trainings with Breakthrough, um, I did do a training on that, a seven-step process that we use for looking at different areas and opening a de novo clinic. Uh, by the way, we just started. We have the, the next clinical director and we're talking with him. I uh, just met with him last week. Um, on opening the seventh clinic, and we'll start a you know, 12-month process um, to make that successful as well. But uh, we do have a training. It's called Zero to Profitable in 90 Days. I'm sure you can go over to the uh, getbreakthrough.com website and, and find that. Um, the third big one that we had is uh, Google reviews. And Chris, clinical director and partner in our fourth office, uh, Cedar Cliff, uh, he started this thing with Google reviews. He was a new clinic again, open January of 2020. And he just had a very uh, sincere, authentic way, personal way of asking his patients at the end for Google reviews. And it was work we noticed it was working really well. So we got, uh, we just talked with Chris, got the simple process, put that in, in all of our clinics. And that has helped us uh, tremendously. A little bit here, we're going to talk about the, um, the 90-10 marketing principle. Um, but, and, but I think the Google reviews are a, a very big part of that. Um, challenges and outlooks that we have for uh, for this next quarter, for the, re the second half of 2021. Number one is non-licensed hires. So physical therapy techs, billing, reception. Uh, we, we just noticed that pre-pandemic, license in particular, physical therapist, very challenging to hire. We were doing a lot of work. Um, and it, it was working, but we, I mean, it was definitely a, a licensed PT market, right? Um, so not enough supply and very high demand for physical therapists. That kind of, for us, at least in central Pennsylvania has switched. I know that's true for uh, many other areas of the country. And also I wanted to share with you in talking with friends that own other businesses, uh, very true in other industries. So one friend, um, one of my mentors owns a roofing company. They employ 300 people. And they talked about the challenges that they had there. Another friend owns a fulfillment company where they hire, uh, think of like an Amazon fulfillment center. It's not Amazon, but you get the idea. Um, and they're hiring workers and they tested everything from like $10 an hour to $20 an hour. You just saw no change at all, where in the past they would have hundreds of applicants when they would do a career day or, um, you, you know, a, some sort of hiring event. And now they were just having a few people trickle in. So that that's challenge number one. Uh, number two is construction costs. So for us, uh, you know, we were able to finish one space that was fairly well fit out for about $20 a square foot. Kind of got lucky there. Uh, same construction company, six months later, same amount of square foot footage and that uh, went through the roof to, uh, I believe it was uh, $75 a square foot to um, refinish. So pretty big deal there. We're, we have our eye on, you know, the cost of space moving forward, because if, you know, if we're going to go from $100,000 or $150,000 to open a de novo clinic, and that's going to bump up to $250 or $300, that will slow our, our growth rate. More on that in a second. Um, number three is we need to level up our leadership. So 
for most of our directors, um, and, and this is all of us, so my, myself included, you know, for, uh, I, I believe we just passed uh, 85 team members, uh, 85, 86 team members, something like that. Right now, 42 or 43 clinicians, uh, that's physical therapists and PTAs combined, and they're pretty even. I think it's 22 uh, PTAs and 21 PTs, <clears throat> but um, new level up leadership. So years ago, when it was just you know, myself, a PTA, and two uh, office admin clerical people, uh, the team members, communication was different, right? We could get away with rudimentary uh, communication and a weekly staff meeting. That is changing. So we need to level up our meeting rhythm. Um, we need to help. And, and what we've done is we helped physical therapy techs, you know, go, they were usually with us for a gap year. They would go back to school, earn their GPT, come back, start with us as a um, physical therapy team leader, and then ascend into a clinical director role and uh, frequently into a partner in the practice as well. Um, and now, you know, it's just because of the size of our company, we're not four people anymore, four team members were, you know, 20 times that size. So uh, that involves better communication, better uh, data analysis, um, et, et cetera. So getting into that, leveling up the leadership, I have some ideas on what we're going to do there, probably resort to uh, something uh, Vern Harnish scaling up related um, as through breakthrough, we already work with coaches that, um, that have scaled companies um, via that method. And that is our scientific way, just fits who I am as a clinician. So uh, likely we'll find somebody there and help our leaders continue to level up. Challenge number four is the, the physical therapy assistant model. Haven't heard too much talk about it recently, but I know there is a 15% uh, reduction coming for Medicare and Medicare replacement in January of 2022. That is still um, still in line to happen. So for us, we did an analysis, and I highly recommend you do this if you're considering going one way or, or the other. Um, I've talked with therapists, uh, owners that do PTs only. Um, we do a model of one to one, one PT to one PTA, and uh, we took we took a look at the model and basically, um, if we would if the reduction and income that we get is balanced by um, the lower compensation of a PTA. The, and you know, for in most areas, there's gonna be a 10, 15, $20 difference per hour between the PT and the physical therapy assistant, depending on what marketplace you're in. For us, it does not make sense um, for us to convert to a physical therapy only model. Um, we have, talked about testing it in one of the de novo clinics but as of right now we're sticking with our ptas many have been with us and uh we'll we'll take the reduction and, and try to figure out a, another way to fill in the gap um five is uh mergers and acquisitions so this as we emerge from the pandemic the one thing that i've noticed is uh physical therapists reaching out and having back office or centralized function issues. So that's uh, cost of billing um, and not being scalable there or the cost of uh, a front desk person, office administration, HR, payroll, uh, ac accounting, looking at metrics, right? 
um, those type of central office functions, we could probably throw marketing in there as well. Um, I, I've, I know of oh, three or four groups that are talking about uh, some you know, new model of merging together. And the thing that I would always advise there is get legal advice if you're thinking about doing that, if you're doing some sort of a loose merger. Um, and again, there are many models. Uh, we use Paul Welk. I highly recommend just Googling him and calling him. He's the, the go-to legal advice um, for all things private practice related. But yeah, so we're looking at that. You know, right now, um, we, if I call up our model here, we have um, 18,000. So we're on track for about 72,000 visits per year. Um, we run uh, two different models. And I just want to open this up here. Yeah, so if we, back in 2018, we took a look at our annual visits, which was 41,000 and change. And then what would happen if we would grow 20% year over year? So the 2021 projection, that's kind of our three hag, was 71,878 visits uh, per year, which if you look at our visit run rate, 18,000 visits per quarter, 18 times four is 72,000. So we're, we're pretty much right on track. Uh, the other thing that I noticed um, was our income was uh, approaching uh, 700,000, which is in line with where we want it to be um, income wise as well. That's 700,000 a month um, and can support can feed the, the future growth. So if we go out another three years and we start looking at the end of 2024, we're now up to 124,000 visits per year, which is roughly 10,000 visits per month. So today we're at 6,000 visits a month. How are we gonna find another 1,000 visits a week or 4,000 visits per month? So obviously for us, uh, three of our clinics were out of space. So we have to start looking at how can we add additional space we can certainly go the de novo route, which I shared with you is, you know, one of our differentiators right now. But um, it, it's really looking like uh, we might want to look at, um, you know, doing some mergers uh, with with the right practice and the right practices. So we're at least looking through that right now because we do have a lot of uh, economical centralized functions where we have economies of scale. And uh, so we not only talked with Paul, Paul recommended we call uh, Randy Rausch. Hopefully the pronunciation is right. I just uh, met her for the first time yesterday, but she does fair market value assessments and we're going through that process as well. Um, the other thing that I wanted to, uh, well, I, I also wanted to talk about differentiators. So um, differentiators in the marketplace, number one for us is people, um, as you've, no, and as I've shared here before, the we use the the WHO, WHO uh, hiring system. It's Randy Street and Jeff Smart. Uh, we incorporate uh, the Ocean testing and the the WHO interview. If you're familiar with the book, WHO interview is the third interview um, that you go through, where you uh, do a thorough review of their history, and we incorporate uh, Ocean, which uh, Peter Shallard came to. Uh, one of our breakthrough 
breakthrough events and uh, at the mastermind dinner shared this uh, ocean personnel testing. And there's three things that we specifically look for. Um, number one is insistence on outcomes, right? So that we we very much have crafted a culture around that. Uh, the second thing that we look for, the core value is uh, somebody with a beginner's mind. They're always learning, they're humble. And the third thing is uh, uh, that they elevate others, that they have a history of, uh, of team play. Uh, you have to excuse the dog in the background here at home. Second big differentiator is uh, this idea of 90-10. And you know, historically, um, if you're like me and you've studied marketing and private practice, um, you know, think about any of the tactic that we've ever talked about uh, that any owner has ever shared. And you know, it might be a patient newsletter or boots on the ground, you know, uh, visiting physicians' offices. Um, the it might be something around email. Almost any marketing strategy that you and I ever talk about deals with targets the ten percent. What do I mean by the ten percent? Well, we've all seen the uh, you know the back pain utilization or rotator cuff utilization studies where somewhere between seven and eleven percent of people who present to primary care physician um, with a musculoskeletal problem in their back or uh, and, and their shoulder ever end up in physical therapy. So 10% make it there, 90% do not. Now, most therapists will complain about that in one way or the other, and will say something along the lines of, well, you know, if people just knew what we could do in physical therapy, we'd have more business than we could possibly handle. And I completely agree with you. However, our way of going about it, our marketing strategies are pretty funny. We really target the 10%. So all of the strategies that you and I learn, or the majority of the strategies that you and I have ever learned, always target the 10%, the people who already know, like, and trust us. Um, the people that are already solution aware, they're, they're searching physical therapy, right? It's, it's the 90% going after the cold traffic and constantly educating the market and moving people that do not understand that physical therapy is the solution over to people who now know, look, and trust us, right? So we're constantly building, growing that 10%. And you know, a, a quick example would be, um, you know, if you go into an area and um, you know, over time, and this is how we look at our de novo clinics, in the very beginning, the majority of our marketing is gonna be cold traffic marketing, right? And we, we have to have some form of education. So I don't wanna get lost in a marketing strategy session, but you know, it's gonna be workshops or a book or reports or an educational video or something that we were buying media and we're, we're, we're touching those people that are considered cold traffic. They have no idea what we do in physical therapy in that area, right? And then over time, you know, as we hit year one and five and 10 and those, those mile markers, what should happen is we grow uh, the people who know, like, and trust us in that area, right? That's what should happen. And over time, we can take the the pressure, the, the pedal off the initiatives that are addressing the 90%, but it has to be uh, balanced to some degree. And I think um, when I'm talking with therapists, it's, you know, they want to do either or. Should I do Google or should I do Facebook? Well, how would your practice? How, what kind of goodwill, what kind of education have you done in the community? And what are you really trying to do? Because we notice 
that when we increase our Facebook advertising, that a lot more people start searching physical therapy in that given area. Um, and, you know, Google and search are really just a, a conversion mechanism. Your website is a conversion mechanism more than anything else. So it's really the balancing of those two areas, especially if you're trying to own the market in your area. You have to have initiatives. You have to have marketing strategies addressing both. You have to be going to the cold traffic and there's a right and wrong way to do that. And you have to be capturing uh, you know, people who are already solution aware, which again, there are infinite strategies in the marketplace for that. Maybe not infinite. There, there are the majority of uh, the private practice marketing that you see focuses on the 10%. Um, and again, I th what we have found works really well in filling up space and clinics quickly is, is a balanced approach there in the 90-10. So we talked about people, uh, we, we talked about marketing and uh, going direct to the consumer and new marketplaces. And, and just to give you an idea, uh, we are presently 92% direct to consumer, 8% uh, physician referral. So this last quarter, a little right around 1,000 new patients uh, in the quarter and uh, roughly uh, less than 100 were physician referral, just to give you an idea. Um, the other differentiator that I'll say is uh, our very, I'll call it conservative approach to uh, growth. So if you know the 20 mile March story, fantastic. If you don't know it, just Google it and uh, have a read there. Two teams racing to the South Pole in 1911. And then I won't, spoil, I won't uh, give you the spoiler, but uh, check that out, see what happened. Uh, but for us, you know, right now with everything uh, in the marketplace, there seems to be this huge rush of people, th this bottleneck of people that happened during the pandemic who weren't going out. Now all of a sudden they're comfortable going out again and they're looking for physical therapy. I really see that a lot of people are uh, deconditioned in some way. And now they're trying to get back to cycling or the gym or running again, and they're, they're getting injured, right? And that's where we step in and we can help them get back to normal naturally. The tempting thing to do anytime that we're running a race and, and looking ahead is saying, hey, by the way, you know, this year we could probably grow 60% if we wanted to. And it, there's a little bit of discipline in saying, hey, okay, so if, we're, if we've already hit our goal for 2021 of where we want to be by the end of the year, um, shouldn't we just you know, expand as quickly as possible? There are people that do that. Um, I, I've done it in the past. We've, done, we've grown 600% in 30 consecutive months in the early, mid-2000s. Uh, I would not do that again because we, just, we broke too much infrastructure and we didn't have time to build um, infrastructure. So right now, we're going to have the discipline, uh, hopefully, to um, regulate and say, okay, where do we want to be at the end of this year? And then where are we going to be at the end of the next year? And then we start planning ahead. Um, it, we, we do three-year chunks. So we take a look at ahead. Again, I have the projection. I know you can't see this on the screen, um, but the one that we did back in 2018. And we say, okay, uh, we were at roughly, again, 41,596 visits. So what we did in 2018, if we grow 20% a year, by the end of 2021, which we're quickly approaching, that's the 72,000 visits. We continue to grow 20% year over year. In 2024, we'll be at 124,000 visits. 
So again, that forces us, the partners and our leadership to ask the question, okay, what do we need to do to make that happen? And then plan accordingly. So we get 12 quarters or uh, I guess 14 quarters uh, to make that happen. Um, there's one more final thing I wanna share with you, um, which is something that came up uh, and it's, it, it was actually from a team member in Breakthrough, her name's Kathy uh, and Kathy worked for Facebook, but uh, the, and she worked there I think for three years, um, but most of us have had at one point a team member that we take home with us, right? We think about them, we're worried about them, uh, maybe they, yeah, it could be a variety of issues, but there's something about their performance, something about maybe they, they don't quite fit our culture. Um, you know, maybe they say uh, just inappropriate, not highly thought out customer service uh, type verbiage with, with patients. You, you get the idea, right? It, we're, we have our attention on this person. And what happened um, is we had a, a team member uh, resign. And so I was talking with the director and the director was a little alarmed um, that this team member resigned. And I said, well, you know, let's take a look at this. And I stole Kathy's uh, concept from, again, personnel at Facebook. And I said, you know, is this regrettable or non-regrettable? Like, is this something that we wanted to prevent from happening? Because I've heard you you know, have concerns about this team member before, and now they're moving on, right? Or is it non-regrettable that, you know, it, we're, we're fine that they're moving on? And the director immediately said, well, you know, this is non-regrettable. I'm, I'm fine with it. And we just, now we need to hire another team member to replace them. And I said, great. So that, it, and it, it just, it calmed um, the, maybe the, the emotion, the drama that we can get wrapped up into when uh, people change, you know, certainly we're not looking to turn over team members at, at any point, but when it happens, you want to make an analysis and here's the deal. If it's non-regrettable, fine. You know, they, they weren't a fit. It wasn't a big deal. I would still try to have a conversation there and learn as much as you can. If it's regrettable and it's a, you know, this is an A player for you and they held your business together or, you know, they really drove your business and now they, are leaving um, for maybe taking another position or whatever the reason is, and it's regrettable, um, that uh, then I would go back and say, okay, what can we do in our personnel process um, to you know, keep good people? Because when somebody non-regrettable leaves, right? It, usually there's a bump in business. There's a bump in uh, how well, how smoothly everything flows. Communication with the team is better. Uh, there's less drama, less reactivity um, within your clinic. However, when somebody regrettable um, leaves, they can take people with them. Um, you, it, it, there's usually lower morale, and that's something that you want to learn from quickly and make sure that you do your best to prevent that from happening again. Anyhow, um, so I'm, I'm going to, seems like a good point to stop there. That was uh, one of our big learning lessons for uh, the quarter. Uh, again, the purpose of this was uh, to give you an update on where we're at at Madden and Gilbert Physical Therapy with our six offices here in central Pennsylvania and what we're looking at, what we're going through. Uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. Multiple ways to um, reach us. Perhaps the easiest 
is uh, if you if you'd like to email, you can always email me at chad at uh, getbreakthrough.com. It's chad at getbreakthrough.com. Uh, otherwise, thank you for listening, and I will see you on the next episode. Remember to visit getbreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.